0: To three, come with me, and you'll be in a
1: world of do re mi fa do. You have found Daniel Donato's lost highway. Yeah! That lost highway.
2: One of my favorite Charles Bukowski quotes is the problem with the world is that the intelligent people are full of doubts while the stupid ones are full of confidence. (laughs) It's like, my God, is that so true? Do you ever see somebody with the same talent you have and the same goals you have, but they're achieving it and you're not? Odds are it's probably you're getting in your own way. Odds are you're probably thinking too much odds are you probably are too focused on yourself. And that's a really easy thing to do when you're a person with a decent amount of intelligence, a high level of ambition, right? And a good level of neuroticism (laughs) Uh, in a good vision as well. Uh, And not in a physical sense, but in a kind of a meta sense uh, of knowing what you want to do or having an idea of what you want to do. See, so when I was nine months old, I don't remember this, but I started walking. My mom said I never once crawled. She said she saw me stood stand up one day and started walking. And I did it relatively well and uh, just off the bat. And I think that I've kind of always had this ambition where I would rather just start something than make sure that I have all of the key elements in play and have the horses ready to run as soon as, the, uh, as soon as the race starts. I'd rather just start going and then learn along the way. And I think that's kind of always been my MO. But along with that comes a lot of anxiety. And along with that comes a lot of overthinking things. And a lot of that comes with uh, biting my nails all the time and, and getting too focused on myself. And so something I'm doing now is I'm really, really, really thinking in my mind, is the thing that I'm actually genuinely anxious about, is it urgent, is it important, or is it really not necessary? And a lot of the time I'm realizing now that even sweating about editing a podcast, it's not urgent, it's just important. It's not urgent, right? It's not like my car just broke down and I'm on the side of the road in the middle of Tennessee somewhere on 65 North. It's just not the case. So it's like, and this is what the Heart of Life is about, John Mayer, one of my favorite John Mayer songs. It's like things are going to work out. Things are going to be fine things will be okay. Like genuinely think about when things that haven't killed you, they've made you stronger. Not to quote Kanye West, but it's true. It really generally is true. So it's like, if you can keep this in mind, that you can stay patient, stay persistent, and stay positive, and keep working hard every day, but mentally know that life is a long, long road. Life is long. Life is very long. You have time to work it out. You have time to figure it out. It really is all good. Again, the problem with the world is that the intelligent people are full of doubts, while the stupid ones are full of confidence. (laughs) My next guest today is my favorite artist of Finnish ancestry, and his name is Mr. Afi Yirvanen, and he is the man behind Bahamas. He has put out five records in his career and they just came out with a new record called Sad Hunk on October 9th, 2020. It is a phenomenal record on all fronts around. All right, if you were to give it to Rotten Tomatoes, it would come back with a high percentage score. I promise. My gosh, I've been a fan of Afe's. For over a decade now, I discovered him when he posted a video on YouTube, or someone did, of him playing live somewhere. And I was this young teenager in Tennessee, and he was this mid-20-year-old something up in Canada writing these fantastic songs with amazing guitar in depth that was blowing my mind. And Afy and I right now share the same publicist, so shout out to Mr. Jim Flamia for making this happen. Um, over five records, I can see that there is a change in the lifestyle of, of, of AFI, and, and he's evolving as a human, as we all do. But there is a similar character that lives throughout all of these records. And I was able to talk to this character on the podcast, but also talk to the real man himself. And having had the time to talk with him, I see now a little bit more where he's coming from and, and how he gathers inspiration, how he looks at life, how he looks about creating music. Also in this conversation, aside from talking about Sad Hunk, which is out now, uh, released on October 9th, uh, we talk about salmon fishing. We talk about how to find inspiration. We talk about having children. talk about Michael Jordan. We talk about all the fantastic things in life, sincerely. Uh, I cannot wait for you guys to hear this conversation. One of my favorite artists, it was a real pleasure to be able to speak with him, Mr. Afi Jovenen of Bahamas. All right. Uh, Afie, how are you doing today, my friend?
0: Thanks yeah, very, very behind. good. I like your hat.
2: I, yeah, it's a trout. I just got it. I've never actually fished trout before. Um, no. not particularly, only smallmouth and largemouth bass here in Tennessee.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't know. Do you fish at all? Is that anything you see? Oh yeah. A of, oh,
1: yeah. yeah.
2: Big
0: How,
2: really? Yeah. Cause you're up in Canada, right? So they got, all- yeah,
0: I live on the East coast of Canada in Nova Scotia. So we have a lot of salmon rivers here and a lot of trout fishing too, but, uh, the salmon fishing is, is kind of the main thing. And in fact, we just had a hurricane come through here yesterday. So we got a lot of rain. And I would imagine that, uh, the rivers are probably full right now.
2: So is that a thing that you're doing often when you're not, <clears throat> when you're not doing your thing right now?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, you know, I mean, I mean it's sort of in a fortunate place where I get to put out a record and not go on tour so I can put out a record and go fishing instead, which is, uh, you know, kind of a, I mean, I, of course, I miss my band and I miss performing. Um, but you know, I'm trying to look at the bright side, and 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 um, part of that for me is getting to be home with my family and my kids and make them breakfast, and you know they go to school, and then I can go fishing for four or five hours in the day, which is pretty sweet.
2: So that's what you're doing. You're not spending time. You're not spending time writing. You're not spending time.
0: Oh no no. Oh my gosh. Of course, of course, I'm doing all that. Yeah yeah. Salmon fishing is uh yeah it's 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 the salmon are very elusive. It's um. You know, it's, it's uh, all catch and release here in Nova Scotia. It's like uh, salmon are kind of like the eagle of the rivers, you know? Oh, uh, just, it's You don't often catch one. I might go out lots of times and, and uh, not, not even see one. So you can't, you can't keep any of the fish here in Nova Scotia. You can keep them in other places. But in um, any case, it's, uh, that only lasts for about a month. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm working on all kinds of music. I'm always writing. And, uh, I'm doing a recording project right now that's, uh, involves different bands in different parts of the world. So that's been fun organizing that. And, uh, and then I'm sort of doing this YouTube show that's, uh, more comedic and, and, uh, you know, in my garage and just, I don't know, I'm I'm not bored. I've certainly got lots of stuff to do, you know? So that's, that's been nice.
2: Boredom is not really a thing that uh, I I sense that you interact with, uh, quite ever. Uh, just, given the quality of your work, and I very much so uh, participate in, the, in that same mental state, um, mm-hmm. man. So some, that was something I wanted to ask you about. Um, I've been a fan of yours uh, probably for over ten years now. So I started listening to you right when I started high school. Um, oh man, that's the like, to to stick. I've only stuck with a few modern artists for that long. And uh, the thing that I've noticed in in the most recent wave of what uh, is Bahamas is mm-hmm. a, a fantastic cognizance of irony in regards to yeah. presenting yourself and how you're communicating irony to actually communicate a great amount of efficiency uh, mm-hmm. about the quality of what you're putting out. And mm-hmm. you're doing so at a hyper speed. Uh, so you have taco tunes. And then you have <laughs> even understanding like how alliteration is so comedic, like and its sure. very seed. That wasn't something I noticed in in like the pink strat era. Although there was quite a literalness to to everything that was going on, um, sure bar chords, right? And there's a there's there's obviously like that, but there's there's a there's an irony now, and there's there's a very yeah eyes curtains.
0: So, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sort of in a fortunate position now where. I um I actively avoided any sort of social media presence for years, you know, and I had my manager and my late, no shortage of people bugging me trying to be more, participate more in that. And I get it. That's how the majority of people interact with each other and interact with music and interact with art and all the products that they like. Um, I understand that, but there's just something about it that sort of never really sat right with me and still doesn't. But really? now... I'm in this sort of fortunate position where I get to just have the fun of coming up with these ideas. And I have a film crew here that we work two or three days a week. And, uh, we get to make, we just, I just come up with ideas. We go and make stuff and then they, they put it all out. They manage it. They, I don't interact with it at all. I don't even have it on my phone. So,
2: um. You don't even have, you don't even have Instagram on your phone.
0: No, I mean, I, I, you know, curiosity sometimes gets the better of me and I can look at it. My wife has it. And uh, of course I can download it on my phone and, and, and I can look at pages, but there's something about it. I mean, if I'm being honest, I, uh, Instagram specifically, I just find turns everything into pornography. It turns whatever you're into. If you're into beautiful telecasters, there is best telecaster you've ever seen and there's a million different photos of that and if you're into wristwatches there's a million channels for that and if you're into cars or if you're into if you're into women or if you whatever you're into right right
1: absolutely and and
0: and part of there's something about that that's that I mean on one hand of course I'm in awe of it and on the other hand I'm a little bit um I I can't imagine that that's healthy for for me you know I wouldn't I wouldn't put that on anyone else but for me i recognize that uh for me um there's something about that that just doesn't sit right with me and so the best thing i can do is just basically use it as a vehicle to make more art and you know i understand the format somewhat of how it works and how people interact with it Mm. i can just make cool shit for it i can make taco tins and i can make tone tools and i can do my workout videos and i can do all the stuff and and just put it out there. And in a way, it's nice because it's, you know, those are just, that's just what I'm, it's just, a lot of it's just like a version of my regular life, you know?
2: Well, man, I mean, that's the thing you've always done a a beautiful job at, uh, transposing to the world. Um, And now Mm -hmm. in social media, um, Mm -hmm. very transparently being able to articulate your story in the way you've experienced the the, uh, stimulus that is life itself.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's um you know, there's just so much stuff coming at us all the time. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, it's just a it's just a con- way for me to control, it sort of narrows the bandwidth, right? Like you might tell me about a piece of music that's like, "Oh, you got to hear this record," and I'm more likely to go listen to it because you told me it's great than I am if an algorithm suggested that I should go listen to it based on what I listened to yesterday, or something you know and and again i I don't say that to disparage the technology. I do think there it's pretty incredible, and <clears throat> I, I I am in awe of, of it to a large degree, but just for me, just for for the, my life and what works for me and my family and stuff, it's like I have to kind of have some remove from it because uh it's just so easy to get caught up in it, you know
2: yeah, especially from a place of uh of ego, That's- yeah to be the thing that is the downfall of many artists or anyone who's really just creating, um, sure. with creating really well-shot photos with a nice vignette of a, of a 52 Telecaster, right? And you want to get the lighting just right, so you wait to do so at 3.57 p.m. Central Time. Mm-hmm. Get your Leica out. And it's just, sure. well, there's going to be seven dudes from Seattle to Nova Scotia to Brooklyn who are going to have the same photo with more likes than you. And that... yeah really like uh that's a weird thing for the psyche to handle. But man, you've done such an yeah. intelligent job on handling that. And so it sounds like part of that is uh, consciously restraining yourself from the medium only to interact with it. Uh,
0: yeah. That- I mean, like I said, I just get to make the stuff, you know, and, and there, I, I, you know, I, I, I have been on a call or two with the people that we work with and they're talking about the analytics of these things. And that, those, that's when I sort of zone out a little bit, you know, because Oh wow! It, if you start, if if I start catering to to what is popular, then at some point that thing won't be popular anymore. And are you going know, to always be chasing what's popular? I mean, I've never done that in my music. I don't see why I would do that in the other parts of my life. You know you're trying so, um, to beat
2: yourself you're not trying to beat what is popular you're trying to kind of p- do more pull-ups t- today than you did
0: <laughs> sure i mean yeah i mean as cheesy as that sounds it's just sort of you know i think um
2: i love cliches though because they're true yeah
0: yeah i mean that's 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 what it's about you know i think it's it's my experience is going to be different than yours and everyone else's and so um i don't spend too much energy comparing myself to other people you know, it's it's. Um, I've, I've been, I've been a professional musician my whole adult life. I get to, I get to play music, hang out with cool people. Mm -hmm. I used to travel around. You're a former touring musician. You know, I'm a former touring musician, you know? And, and so of course there's, there's all kinds of struggles. There's things to figure out. There's, you make mistakes, things don't go well, but I mean, I've enjoyed it all. And, uh, and I hope I get a chance to keep doing that. You know, I feel, I feel, if it all ended tomorrow, I think I'd say, Man, I had a good run, you know. If I was tomorrow I was bagging groceries or something, that'd be all right. But I have a feeling I got a few more albums left in me of, of stuff that's worth singing about.
2: So is gratitude something that you find <clears throat> because in 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 your lyricism constantly, um, there there is a very well established perspective of loneliness and mm-hmm. so much intrinsic um energy spent thinking and and uh mm-hmm. still your character that mm-hmm. manifests your lyricism in a great way but you just mentioned something about gratitude which might not be indicative of the same person that is singing the the lyrics um and so is that something that you're practicing consciously trying to kind of enhance a more positive perspective on your life
0: i mean for sure and i i think we all should do that to a large degree you know yeah. i and i i think um you know, I know that there's struggles, uh, in North America and, and the, you know, in America, maybe they're different than they are in Canada, but, um, by and large, yep, there's never been a better time to be a musician. There's never been a better time to be alive.
2: Can you, expand you can on do that? whatever you want? Yeah. What, what makes you say that? I agree. But a lot of people I think would really love to hear why you think that. Cause it's,
0: well, I mean, for any, for a number of reasons, I think for creatively, it seems to me like you can make any type of music you want and it has the potential to reach a really wide audience. If you listen to the biggest songs in the world, Travis Scott, or, uh, you know, obviously hip hop R and B are kind of the dominant pop forms. That's weird music. It's really good music, but it's, it's really like a lot of, it's pretty out there in terms of its production.
2: Three songs in one song. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And, and a lot, and, and especially lyrically, I, I, so drawn to hip-hop for that reason because they seem to be able to sing about modernity and the like the times that we live in in a really cool way that i don't necessarily think is it's not really open to sort of more traditional songwriters in the same way i don't think so and i'm trying i'm i'm always trying to push that boundary a little bit but you know it's like people a lot of times if you're a guy with an acoustic guitar People are more open to hearing you sing about like being a hobo on a freight train than they are to like you opening your iPhone and checking your email. Mm -hmm. There's a, it's like that's okay in one genre, but in another genre, there's something it just it sort of rubs people wrong to hear certain words in the context of that music or something. So, I like that, and I think the overarching thing is that anything goes. You can do whatever you want, and then from the technology standpoint, I do think like. I mean, I'm probably not that much older than you are, but when I first started recording, like we, we recorded on tape and there wasn't a computer in the studio, you needed to have like money. You basically needed to have a label because it was expensive. Like the barrier to entry now is so low. I mean, you can record on your phone. You can, you, you look like you're in a studio. Like everyone has a home studio the quality of the equipment has gotten so good that you can make really great sounding recordings with with pretty accessible equipment and so you don't need a label no and you can you can put your own music out you can promote your own music on instagram you can build your own following i just think that like wow people seem to focus on the things that they don't like which is often like the royalty rate that spotify pays right which is like yeah fair enough we all agree that that We'd like it to be higher, but we we also have to acknowledge the things that we do like, which yeah. is that that suddenly this technology has allowed us all to have access to a, essentially a worldwide market, Man. and um, yeah, there's cool. a, there's sort of a there's a rub there because I do think a lot of my peers have this notion <laughs> that somehow it was better before, and I'm always thinking, no, like guys, just think about it. Musicians and artists have been exploited since the beginning yeah man. it's not it's not like a new thing no so there's no shortage of terrible record contracts and and <laughs> you know like that that existed before it exists now and it'll continue to exist and hopefully there's more access to education and musicians and artists can educate themselves and uh you know work with people who really sort of have your best interests at heart, who aren't looking to take advantage, but actually truly collaborate on what you're doing and, and, and um, you know, get your music out there.
2: Man. And also from, um, from a very much business minded perspective, I noticed that you put out the music, what, what appeared to be on your own imprint and then you're just mm. through a larger, through a larger partner. Is that correct? Yeah.
0: I've done, I mean, I've done that for a long time. I mean, that's just, um, that's just what makes sense for me. You know, I, I I sort of produce the records myself. I pay for them myself and then I sort of license them back. And, and, um, and I'm not sure I could speak to the specifics any more than that. My friend, my friend, Robbie, who has been my longtime manager and and he's produced all my records and he's intimately involved in all my music, you know, but, uh, but, um, anyway, the the point is, it's like, I think we've all heard enough horror stories, whether it's from Prince or Tom Petty or whoever. At this point, you want to own your own stuff. Yes. And uh, more and more, I think that's there's there's you know that's that should be obvious to any any young person coming up at this point. You should always own your songs, own your own stuff because um, you know that's that's the intellectual property, as they say. That's that's you made it. You should own it and you can let other people use it <laughs> and uh and and I think there's probably an uh, a fair way to kind of like figure that out and we're in the fa- we're in the, we're in a phase of transition where we're trying to figure out what's what's fair to everyone because all this incredible technology that these guys have created relies on the music right they got to have access to this never ending supply of new music yep so how are we going to work together to make that happen? It, you know, it, I don't. I dare I say, people might actually have to pay for music at some
2: point. <laughs> there is. But, a, uh, I was talking to a, a friend of mine once, and he he re, he laid this article on me about how essentially, um, from around the '40s to the '90s, uh, was really the most lucrative time in which the history of music uh, yeah. had ever taken place. And so, if you for look, sure. if you look at the total amount of years in which people I've been inspired to, to create something that has her name on it using the 12 notes that are available in Western culture. Um, yeah. We're talking about an extremely small period of time. So, man, that's so right is the fact that you need to kind of take a leap back and see that.
0: things have You got to have some perspective on it. You know, I, I actually like... Yeah. I was kind of blown away, I think, a couple years ago. This is going to sound so ridiculous at the risk of like just sounding so out of touch <laughs> i uh i was looking for some somehow i got on a, on a thing about like music like celebrity musicians net worth and i noticed that paul mccartney's net worth was 800 million dollars and to me i was like that seemed low to me right because like jay-z you know all modern musicians that have expanded into sneakers and you know, energy drinks and like more product, like they make way more money selling products than they do selling music. Right. But Paul McCartney, I mean, you know, he arguably changed the landscape of music forever, wrote some of the most timeless songs that are still relevant today.
2: Oh, come on. Yeah.
0: And you know, he's, everything that he created is only worth 800 million. No way. I'm like, <laughs> That just seems weird to me. I'm I, something. I'm like, oh, that's you know. So that's bullshit. If if all you're gonna do is make music, that's, that's probably the ceiling. You How know sad I mean?
2: is that? Like literally, there's probably kids that are that <laughs> are five years younger than me that are getting that from their first round of angel investment in Silicon Valley.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you know, if it's if if there's any part of uh, young people that are sort of thinking that it's gonna it's a get rich quick scheme, I think. Uh, you should probably think a little bit more on it, you know, maybe invent an app or something. It's, it's probably a faster way to it, you know?
2: There are, it's a beautiful time now where you can build leverage and then reverse the leverage and, and get yeah. a monetary reward. Sure. Um, you've done sure. a fantastic job with having nice placements within your music in classy ways. And so you mentioned that your producer yeah. and your manager are the same person, that same entity. Yeah. That's a very fine line there. Um, having, Yeah users and, and managers in the past. I mean, we're talking about left and right brain synapses firing at fast paces. And yeah. um, it seems like you're really good at handling that as well. So what's the story with that relationship? Because that's really fascinating. I,
0: well, the story is uh, it's all I've ever known. I mean he you know, we worked he's worked for me, you know, when I had nothing, when I didn't even wasn't even called Bahamas. I just had some songs and he was like, oh man, we should record those, you know, he had some microphones. Well, wow. And, um, and, uh, yeah, so, you know, it's really a relationship that we built together over time. And it, if, if, it, if it is a band, it's sort of me and him. I, I kind of think of it as like, you know, it would be, it would be difficult for me to figure out how to go on. If he decided you need to do something else, but, um, this, you know, he's, he's a, like a Renaissance man. He seems to be good at a lot of different things. Um, and he went to a top five school, and the guys that he graduated with are, you know, high-powered investment brokers or, or they the executives at Google. Like they're really successful people. And I think in a lot of ways he brings a lot of that to his job, um, and not like in a in a corporate way, but just saying like, okay, this is what we this is what we're working with. What's the best way that we can take this and open it up to the m- biggest audience possible? and that's not you know diluting it or dumbing it down but just like how do we communicate this what's the best musical way and then once the music is done what's the best way through you know the album cover through the through the social media like you know and a lot of that frankly i mean i have to give him credit is just letting me be myself i mean again that sounds like such a cliche but um i'm fortunate to work with people who kind of like give me a lot of freedom creatively and um and and usually I'm not short on ideas, you know. So it's just about helping me execute those things um, in a timely fashion, you know.
2: Come on, I mean, man. So some of your more recent ideas, um, just really because you know it goes without saying the fact that your music has stood in contention for over a decade, which is a long time given. The, yeah that things are going at now. Um, we need it uh, rest on too many of, uh, of the prior assets of release. Um, something I noticed in, 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 since we have the same publicist. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, Jim sent me some photos I don't believe I've seen elsewhere and it was a photo of you sported in this great like neon Patagonia aesthetic and uh, okay. you had all these uh, books behind you. It was like you had, Mur- oh, yeah. you had Murakami. Uh, it looked like you had Oski <laughs> in there. And it was yeah. like, so I want to kind of get an idea of like, where are you getting a lot of ideas from in a present sense? Are you reading a lot? Are you listening to music? And you mentioned Travis Scott. Um, yeah.
0: So, Well, I think, um, I think I'm just trying to be, um, open to to life as it comes. I don't know that it's it's oh, wow. Come on. I'm not like mining any sort of specific thing for inspiration. I I really like in terms of a uh, uh, being a writer and being a creative person, I really sort of subscribe to the idea that discipline is more important than motivation Come or on. or in- inspiration, you know, for me that works. I mean, I know some people sort of wait for the lightning rod to kind of strike and then all oh, they have really good ideas. But for me it's always been much more about you know, setting aside time to, to do that. And a big part of my process is daydreaming, just making sure that I give myself time to get bored. If I, if I'm distracted by podcasts and, you know, Netflix and stuff, then I'm not going to have any great ideas. I need to, I need to make time for daydreaming. And so
2: what does that usually look like for you?
0: Um, it's just getting out in nature. I mean, that's part of the reason why I live out here is just like the access to nature here is, is, it's right out my front door. You know, it's I can be on the ocean or in the woods, like within a matter of minutes. So it's, come um, that's pretty huge for me, but, um, but yeah, just walking around the block too. You know, I mean, again, it's such a sounds so simple, you know, but if you're on your phone looking at someone else's amazing Instagram page, (laughs) you're probably not going to have your own great idea, you know? So, true. so um, on my last record, I think just because um, we have young kids and stuff, you know, I sort of developed a style of writing songs that didn't even really involve the guitars. I just would sit on the couch and look out the window. I have 10 minutes before they come home and I'd think, hmm, Bad Boys Need Love, too. That's a cool idea. And then I would figure out how to turn that into a song, you know? and um, And so that's it's nice to kind of realize that songwriting is just isn't tied to one instrument or one room in my house. It's like literally something that I carry with me wherever I go. And the more time I can open myself up to it and, and just, you know, sort of be there to, to get it down on the paper or whatever, the more chances I'm going to have for success. And, um, of course I, I have written songs that have just come to me where the lyrics, everything comes intact. It's almost like the, the whole idea of like a vessel that you're, transporting this transmitting this song from up on high and those are those are some of the best ones of course i (laughs) like i wish they all came that way you know but
2: um songs sound fast like your earlier songs sound written fast yeah they sound very continuous and you can hear that a lot In um you know some of my heroes like john prine and and t hall and buck owens and they talk about how a lot of their big songs came in under an hour. Um, and and with yeah. where your compositions are now, are uh, much more distinct. And there's a lot more production going on. And yeah. Stereo clean, sounds like direct guitars. Um, Only
0: direct guitar. I love the direct guitar. That's I mean, guy, right?
2: That's
1: I don't know guy.
0: how much time you want to spend talking about guitar, but uh, yeah, uh-huh. I just, I, I just, uh, I'm not, I mean, the last record, probably even the record before that, I started recording a lot of DI guitar just out of, Convenience, because I, oh, uh, really? I was I was I uh, was recording like playing a lot of the parts myself. Even drums. So uh, in some cases, I played some drums. But you know, just when you're recording, I'd record the bass. Okay, I'll just unplug that, plug the guitar in. And the way that I like to play the electric guitar is not a whole lot of strumming. It's mm-hmm. mostly individual notes and sort of picking different rhythms and stuff. And so what I, I discovered in that process is that you can, if you do it with the DI. If you're strumming with a DI, it sounds terrible. (laughs) But but uh, if you're picking notes, you can actually do five, six, seven, eight layers of guitar and you can build up the track and it it doesn't sound too thick, it doesn't take up too much room because everything is right on the front of the speaker, you know, like the, the sound is just so on the edge and right right there. And so you get for that rhythmic sort of percussive way that I like to play, that that seemed to suit it really well. Yeah, man. And so, I mean, this, this whole record is just DI. I mean, it's, uh, so it's kind of funny when you, when we did the record, we, the, the studio that we were working at had this little tiny booth that I think was meant for like a Marshall amp or something.
1: Mm.
0: And we got in there, I was like, you think we can get the drums in there? So we put the drums in there. There was just enough room for the drummer with like a little simple drum kit and two mics or something. And we closed the door and he was in there. And then in the live room was all the musicians with just di'd everyone's on can so if you were standing there in the room you wouldn't really hear anything it was just like wow. you know electric like telecasters di'd like you know that's all you would really hear and uh it'd be so, like yeah, it was,
2: of the marshals where it's like um it's just cardboard behind them
0: yeah exactly it's sort of a, and then you know i mean that's it's yeah i, I haven't always relied on too too many effects anyway so it's sort of in some ways I was kind of suited towards that style of playing, you know, but I just, I mean, frankly, I just like the sound. I just like the, you know, every once in a while, you got to get a tweed amp and, and wind it out. But for the most part, that uh, clean, clean tone works good for me.
2: Man, you put out your first record when you were like 28, 29 years old, right?
0: Yeah, I think so. I, I, before that I had played in bands and I had spent a fair amount of time working like as a session guitar player. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I kind of realized early on that like my song, I wrote my own songs, but they weren't, I didn't, I knew they weren't basically, I kind of knew they weren't strong enough Okay. to, to, uh, facilitate like, you know, having my own albums and touring around and doing all the stuff that I saw my peers doing. And in fact, I had booking agents and people tell me like, okay, like when you, you know, get your album together, like call me and maybe we can do something. Right. So everyone was always, I was always on the periphery of these cool things that were happening. And then as soon as I decided, well, wait a second, like I can just play guitar. What if I just play with somebody else? It'll give me an opportunity to tour. It'll give me an opportunity to get a lot of experience playing in bands, different types of music. And, and, um, yeah, so it wasn't by accident. Like I actually decided to do that. You know, I decided to, to, to pursue that. And, and, uh, Not in any sort of like way that like okay I'm gonna do this for ten years and then I'm gonna launch my you know mildly successful solo career, (laughs) but but um it I gained I was able to get a lot of experience doing that right like I got to to travel all over the world and and play all kinds of different music and and really good quality music too like I just in Toronto has got such a good scene you know so there was a lot of good writers and good artists working and I know there still is but. But yeah, it was uh, a really sort of, if ever I sort of like paid my dues, it was back then, <laughs> you know, I, I sort of, yeah, it was, that was a fun period in life for sure. And, and um, I'm really grateful to have that experience because I I kind of got to come out of it with so much material in terms of, you know, being able to make decisions for my own music and where it should go and how it should come out and all that kind of stuff, you know?
2: There's a wild amount of, when you're in the, we're uh, coming here from Nashville, and so yeah. there is a wild amount of, of desire to have an identity, but there's mm-hmm. people who don't have any experience often that has a, um, there's no identity there. It's more or less mm-hmm. a, uh, like amorphous Play-Doh that has mm-hmm. like, um, really skinny jeans on that aren't even right. set. That aren't even like salvage. They're just like
1: twenty
2: dollars right. Levi jeans. You know yeah. Guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Levi jeans. You know, I like some of those, but um, sure. <laughs> there's a lot of people who don't have an identity, and they want yeah. an identity, and they want to be on the microphone. And so, you and I have that same. We have that same thing. I had played over a thousand shows at four-hour uh, honky-tonk slots and toured mm-hmm. across the country, done Canada several times before I even wrote my first song and Mm -hmm. so man what a fantastic advantage do you think like when i had first seen you perform it was before i'd even written any any songs and it it was uh i think at the cannery ballroom
0: okay it was seems i seem to play there a lot they have a lot of different rooms in that building right
2: they are now closed they sold the building oh really yeah yeah i think it's gonna be a hotel
0: okay well nashville's not short on venues i'd imagine there's some still some good places to play there
2: or if you know, or if things go downhill, you could always play the. You could always play the lounge.
0: Yeah. <laughs> or play the Ryman. <laughs> wow, there you go. man. Come on, have you played there? Uh, I played there actually. I've played my own shows there, opening for people, and then I played there with Feist back in the day, and Aww. and uh, yeah, I play. I've been fortunate to play there several times, and and um, obviously whatever. The, you, you know the drill. It's, it, is, it is an honor to, to get to play there for sure. It sounds so good in there. Nice to be part of that place.
2: You had this identity already formed when it, when it came down for you to put something pen to paper and then, and then go sing on a microphone and, and pack up your suitcase and do it in the next city. And so now yeah. you're a kid, you know, so you're 39 now and mm-hmm. you have two children, which is like mm-hmm. the biggest responsibility life can put on 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 any human, let alone someone who's creating music for a living. How is mm-hmm. that, and I know this is an impossible question, but it, it's a very real one. How have you been able to maintain that same identity within your music, even though the external has changed so, so much? Like the irony in your, yeah. your albums, a sad hunk, bar chords, pink strap. Yeah, how I mean, you-
0: I personally, I just think it's gotten, for me, it's gotten better since I had kids.
2: Oh, <laughs>
0: That's beautiful. Uh, I encourage everyone to have kids. I think it's... Uh you know, it's, it's a wonderful, it's, it's, there's so much there, you know, people are so worried that they're going to, they're going to lose themselves to their children, that they're somehow not, Oh, I won't have time. Uh All the things I want to do. No, what happens is you actually, it forces you to become much more efficient, right? It forces you to become a better version of who you are.
2: You have to to rise.
0: Yeah. So if you're, If you're already someone who's generous and thoughtful, having kids will make you more generous and more thoughtful. Mm. I think, you know, um, you know, and I, and I know that, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I grew up in a very different way. You know, I grew up, uh, they used to call it poor. Now they call it low income. (laughs) And I don't, I don't, uh, I don't say that, um, with any maliciousness i mean i had a wonderful childhood i had a bicycle and a fishing rod oh nice and when i got interested in guitar my mom somehow managed to like get me i had like an old classical guitar for a long time that she got at a yard sale like i had a guitar you know but it was only later that i realized once i started got in working and and you know was able to sort of have a bigger wider view and realize wow we grew up pretty lean you know my mom my mom was working all the time just to kind of make ends meet and um uh, and so um you know i think my sense of gratitude maybe started very very early just in recognition of that you know because because um i did have friends who whose parents were lawyers or doctors and if they wanted to get in a guitar it's like the next day that my joe facciolo had a fender strat you know and because his dad could go down to the music store and buy one oh. and and that was great. You know, I was like, we, it didn't matter. We were friends. We were jamming. I had my El Degas, like, uh down <laughs> on string guitar and we would jam and, you know, try and fudge our way through Weezer songs and Led Zeppelin songs and whatever we were into, you know, but yeah, I don't know. I think that, um, I think that, uh, part of my lyrically, especially like my, a- right. ability to get closer to the bone, to get closer to the source, to get, to communicate the heart of the song mm. has only gotten stronger, has only gotten better. And I do credit my kids with some of that just because when you speak to kids, you can either go, Oh, how you, you know, you can do your baby talk thing. And, and I realized that I'm not going to do that. I just talk to my kids straight, you know,
1: wow.
0: it's supper time. It's five, it's five o'clock. Come to the table. We're eating dinner. I just talk to them like they're any other human right? except for I just cut out the fat. I cut out the, 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 the flowery language, any, no decorative, nothing. It's just, just the facts. Mm. And, uh, and so in uh, I'm just connecting the dots here as we speak. I'm not sure that I I've thought what? about it any more than that, but, that's but uh, in some ways, like that's definitely something I focus on in my songwriting. And, um, and I think, um, yeah, I think even just musically in the production, I mean, I f- it's not that my music sounds like a blues record or a bluegrass record or a classical record, but I certainly, what I love about all those genres is that it, they're essentially documents, you know? And the thing, if something's moving you, it's probably the emotional weight that 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 those players in that moment were able to translate into the microphone, more mm-hmm. so than like what type of mic they use, Or whether they used a reverb or not. Right. Just like the Mm -hmm. elemental thing about the song is making its way from you to the person that's listening. And um you know, I certainly try to do that on all my albums and um and I hope I'm getting better at it. But um yeah, it's funny. I don't know. I just I just uh I you know, I just wish we had would have had kids like years before. I just feel tired half the time, <laughs> you know? So, so that's, you know, that's, that's what I would say. I'd say having young, everyone's moving. Everyone's like, Oh, I'll just do it later. I got to work on me for my twenties. It's like, nah, 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 don't do that. Just get in there, get it done. Get, roll up. And then, the nice, then the next thing, when you're like 45, your kids are like full grown and they're out of the house and you know, you can, you can, then you can really get down to business
1: older when you had kids
0: uh my oldest daughter is uh she'll be six in a few okay. years so so oh or sorry in a few months in a few months she'll be six so not that long though you know but in a way the last six years have been the busiest most productive most definitely most touring you know that's how it's hard that's how that part's definitely hard on my family and it's hard the coming and going is, is difficult for the kids you know because they don't care they don't care that i play guitar they care yeah. that i'm there to make them breakfast in the morning you know oh yeah and uh so yeah again like i just i hate to sound cheesy about it but it 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 is it is meaningful to me and and the um you know that's the nice thing about this covid thing i know it's been harder on on some than others and i and i don't mean to make light of it for for anybody that's that's uh you know suffered through this thing in any way but for me and my family we've gotten to spend so much time together right and it's sort of shaping up to be the best year in a lot of ways, just because of that, you know, because I don't know that I would have decided of my own volition to, to come off the road, to stop in this way. You know, it, I don't think it ever would have dawned on any of us to solve our problems by doing less. I always think if I have a problem, oh, I should work more. I should earn more money. I should do this. I should do that. I never think, oh, you know what I'll do? I'll just cut out like everything out of my life and I'll just focus on my family and my music and that's it. I'll just say no to everything else and I'll just focus on those things. And in some ways there's a beautiful irony there that, uh, it's so fulfilling and, um, you know, not bored, not, not wanting for things to do.
2: Man. So it's, man, this is really heavy because uh, the irony of the, of the project title, um, mm-hmm. obviously is in full force. It, uh, you know, per result of this conversation. Uh, it's ramping mm-hmm. up to your best year. It sounds like your your year of most mental growth and solitude within your own self. And then mm-hmm. one's in your love circle. And then it's the only album title with the word sad in it. How <laughs>
1: sad, you yeah, know, you yeah.
2: Successfully top yourself, sir.
0: That's beautiful. Well, I mean, obviously there's some kind of, you know, the the word hunk, I don't know if it's 2020 or, or just the sort of current uh, landscape that we're living in, but just the word hunk. It's enough to set some people off that, I love that. It's like it's too, it's too, it's it's too much, you know, for anybody that's not willing to give it even five seconds to look beyond the, that word. Right. And to understand that there's no part of me that's like flexing like a macho man hunk. It's, right. it's just this idea that we're all kind of, of beautifully broken in our own ways. And, um, and you know, just sort of embracing that, I think, is is uh, important for me, and I kind of think it'd be cool if more people embraced that part. There's so much attempt to put out, you know, manicured versions of ourselves, whether it's through the records that we make or the pictures that we put out. And I really just sort of think like the warts and all approach is uh, works well for me. You know, I think like. Frankly, I think there's something charming to it. It seems like people respond to it whenever I do that, whenever I release something that's just, you know, unproduced, that's just uh, me playing guitar and my kids are jumping around or something or whatever. It's like, yeah, people really respond to that much more than they would if I hired big video directors and had smoke machines and stuff like that. It's like those, those, the parts where you struggle, are just as attractive as the ones where you're like, you know, you win the gold medal and you got the like 10 on your shoulder and you're, you know, you seem like everything's going your way.
2: We had this year last year where we had sold, uh, we had done like our biggest show, which for me was with just over 400 people in attendance. Yeah. Nice. We went, we went to Europe and went to Germany and we played on this like EDM venue in Germany. And we went on at like a, you know, like 23, yeah. <laughs> like super late for, yeah. And, uh, we had 12 people show up and we right. always post a, a crowd photo and the, that photo of, of 12 people had uh, an absurd amount more of an interaction and value brought right. to people who subscribe. Um, yeah, pe- We really love that. I feel like, you know, COVID especially has highlighted the idea of the pedestal of fame or whatever it is, having a lot of attention, uh, mm-hmm. what you're doing. That isn't, it, it's not a thing to like make you seem very cool. It's not just an excuse to wear ray bands inside and have a... Yeah.
0: You know, some... I mean, I think fame in general has just changed so much, right? You yeah. used to be famous for something, right? Michael Jordan's famous because he's the greatest basketball player of all time. right? But now you can be famous for being famous. You yeah, can be famous not. for not your accomplishments or your achievements, but just simply because of how many followers you have. And then it starts to pick up this critical mass and you start getting other followers. And, and, and um, so, yeah, I think, um, you know, it sounds old fashioned or something, but I just think like, keep your head down, stay focused on the work. And, and um, you know, really you want to, you want to have a long career. You want to have life is long, right? As I said, in one of my videos, people say, people say life is short. No, life is long. So, so, you know, Like you want to be able to be the guy who's 65 and 70 and you don't want to be the guy who's like, Oh, I was the quarterback in high school. Like, no, you want to be at the studio with the musicians that are half your age working on someone's cool album. You know, that's been for me, a wonderful thing working with some of these musicians that I have done albums with or done recordings with. They're still engaged. Music, music, it's not just a career. It's not just a profession. It's, it's a way to, to communicate and connect with people and stay engaged. Oh shit. I think I got another phone right here, bud.
1: Oh, Hey, well, that's just fine. Hang on a sec. Um, I'll just call her back in a minute here.
0: Um, yeah, you know, it's, 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 that's what I want to do. I want to be, I want to be, uh, 70 years old and still, still playing music, still excited to uh, get up and work every day. And, um, like two years ago, I, I uh, Robbie Robertson asked me to play guitar on his album and I did some singing and stuff with him. And, and at first my reaction was what, why in the hell would you want to work with me? syndrome. Right. Yeah. I
1: couldn't,
0: I couldn't, I couldn't understand it. It didn't compute. And then when we met and we hung out and I realized, Oh, he just likes music. He's a musician. He just wants to make cool tunes. It's not any more complicated than that. There's no gimmick. There's no, there's no nothing. It's just like, he genuinely likes the tunes. He wants to do something else. It's no different than me. Like on this last record, I didn't play very much guitar on my, this last record. I wanted to get Sam Weber and Christine to play the guitar. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's nice to have those, um, interactions with people and it's nice to sort of learn those lessons um <clears throat> and still feel like there's lots left to learn you know there's there's the road is long
2: <laughs> man well thanks for working hard <coughs> and evolving beautifully and honestly and doing it with the fans that really love what you do man myself right on
0: well yeah. i appreciate that appreciate yeah, that
2: absolutely man i look forward to when we get to meet someday you know when yeah. in a safer world
0: you know, safer world i'll come down to nash sometimes i come down there and write songs with other people so it'd be cool to to hang out sometime get a coffee or go for dinner or something
2: hang out right a little on. bit right on my yeah friend. all right cheers i appreciate it fine i'll talk to you later okay see ya sad hunk is out now uh, on all platforms in the cosmos you can buy all the merchandise that you want please do uh, indeed also go check out AP's content on instagram and youtube it's it's incredibly thoughtful it's incredibly thoughtful and it's right on par with who he is as a person um it just put a real smile on my face listening back to this conversation he really is just hitting on such a fantastic wavelength um and obviously you can see where the music manifests from that wavelength and i think it all comes from that wavelength um a fantastic individual it was so it was a real privilege to talk to him thank you to afy for making this happen jim Flamia at all eyes media and thank you guys thank you cosmic country listeners for listening to this podcast it means the world if you guys do want to support me please do indeed go to patreon subscribe there also subscribe on youtube instagram facebook tiktok um, all of the places Twitter and also most importantly the Cosmic Country Club for free on Danieldonado.com uh, go check out a young man's country available on all platforms now we're uploading uh, new YouTube content each week um, pretty much a new video every 10 days. Um, we're recording a, a new uh, new a new coverage record right now and uh, that's been a fantastic time uh, getting out uh, out of the house and going to play some shows down in t- Nashville again uh, just working for tips it's real fun just like I used to do. And um, thank you guys so much. This just means the world listening. Uh, again, one, I just want to bring up this quote again. The problem with the world is that the intelligent people are full of doubts while the stupid ones are full of confidence. <laughs> There's something to be said there. Y'all, lean into it. Lean into what you're good at. Lean into what feels right. Keep working hard and stay positive. Stay persistent. Persistent. Good God. Positive. Stay cosmic. Talk to y'all later.